We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical, mental, filth, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Coffee time. And welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. Uh, we are glad to have you back with us this week. Uh, that We are pre-recording this uh, episode of the Hour of Power uh, as I will be in Chugiak on Saturday and Sunday participating in the FACL training. Basically, it's uh, advanced training for folks who are politically active and for candidates. No, I'm not running for office, but I know someone who is. And I am going to be um, very uh, intimately involved with that process. But today, our guest in our cafe studio here is Bob Bird. If you hear the grinder popping in the background and the blender mixing, it's because this is recorded in a cafe in Soldatna. Bob, uh, welcome to the show. Well, that's fine, Jason. Thank you. And you're often across the desk from my radio show, so this is a nice switch. Right. Now, now, radio for you is, is sort of, a, what, a third or fourth career now? Well, I haven't counted them, but maybe the, I have three or four careers right now. Don't think about my lifetime because I'm a homeschool teacher. I have a radio show. I'm chairman of the Alaskan Independence Party, and... Uh, I uh, broadcast hockey, sometimes baseball, and oftentimes um, um, umpire in baseball. So I, this is my retirement. So, so for those of you in the audience who may be uh, um, educa- educational elitists who, who heard uh, Mr. Bird say that uh, he was a homeschool teacher, you know, and, and it just uh, deflated your balloon. Realize that he spent how many years in the public school system? 41. Four, you're, a few. A yeah, few years. You're you in my <laughs> class and a very good student, too. <laughs> so, so 41 years in the public school system. He's seen a pupil or two, and uh, many of those folks, they're children. And so, um, long-time uh, community member. Now, today in the news, I want to cut right to it because I want to be respectful of your time. We can go on for like an hour and a half. Our hour of power always has bonus content. Um, but uh, as always, Loretta Eaton is uh, in the studio as well. Today is a monumental day in, the, in our nation's uh, history because for the first time in many years, there is a very serious court case being discussed and uh, which could change the outcome of the Roe versus Wade decision. Oh, I've been there too many times. I saw the Webster decision with high hopes and I think that was 89 and then the Casey decision in 92. Frankly, I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think so? No, I don't think uh, uh, there's there's a metaphysical analysis to make about this and then there's also the political or constitutional analysis so i I don't know the mind of god okay but he's not going to allow us to end just surgical abortion we have a mentality a, a contraceptive mentality i guarantee you it is not within the will of god many 
pro-life Christians don't realize that by taking a low estrogen pill or using an IUD or um, a morning-after pill is actually, well, of course I believe life begins at conception. Yeah, but did you know that the low estrogen birth control pill causes micro-abortions and we don't know from month to month which effect it's going to have? Oh, no, I didn't know that. And they feel betrayed and... Um, they haven't thought it through completely. The idea that we're going to stop, if you listen to Planned Parenthood's own propagandist, Malcolm Potts, he said in 1979, contrary to what most people think, after uh, the abortion rate goes up, not down, after a nation legalizes contraception. And so uh, I have had Baptist ministers on my show who have seen the light and courageously speak about this at the Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary. And they're local, locally too. People pay a high price for saying we've got it figured out wrongly about contraception. So I don't think metaphysically. And again, I'm only telling you... Uh, I don't know the mind of God, okay, but I don't think he's going to say that, oh, okay, you've stopped surgical abortion, so we won't have those terrible pictures around so much anymore, uh, but you can go right ahead and keep on doing these micro-abortions or trying to thwart human sexuality from the purposes that I gave it to you. And so there's a profound, a profound evangelization necessary amongst Christians to look at how they may have unwittingly contributed to the abortion mentality. Now, Loretta was talking about uh, about this sort of, really, abortion is part of the cult of death, and it's nothing new in the world. No, I, I think it's a slippery slope that once you start down there, Canada... Canada's road to abortion was a little bit different. We had a Dr. Morgan Toller. I don't know if you know the name. And he was very much similar to, I forget, the guy in the U.S. He did illegal abortions openly in front of people. He was jailed. And Canadians just put up with it. Well, fast forward, uh, we have a medically assisted death in Canada. So we're talking about euthanasia? Euthanasia of old. And uh, it was really interesting. I was telling Bob just a bit a minute ago that the statistics on what came out around COVID was it increased by the uh, request for medicalis, medically assisted death, you know, uh, uh, physician-assisted suicide, increased by 30%. And there was a, a tremendous case. That we think it was in Quebec. It was a 90-year-old woman. And uh, Canada's had many more lockdowns, and it's been much more tighter controlled. And when they were going to go into the third lockdown, she said, just kill me. And she, she committed suicide, and she was totally healthy. There was nothing wrong. She just said, I, and I don't want to live in that world. And I think people forget that. They think, you know, and as you say, Bob, it, it is a culture of death. It's not just let's stop abortion, but it's the, the birth control, and why do we do that? And this is where it's very going to be very hard for a lot of folks. And I'm, I'm not going to say, I make no judgments on any individual. I'm just going to say that if we really, really want to have a culture of life, we have to reassess the contraceptive mentality, whether or not it's creating a microabortion or not. It's still trying to thwart the natural outcome that God gave us with, within marriage. But then there's the constitutional aspect. And... Having the Supreme Court reverse Roe versus Wade 
is admitting that they had an authority they never should have possessed. So if you say, well, now the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade, that's admitting then that they might be able to reverse the reversal at some future time. What we have to actually come to grips with is that Roe versus Wade is utterly outside of the Constitution. We could have stopped it many different times. You can stop it with a pro-life president. If he only read Federalist Number 78, where it says, the courts possess neither force nor will, but merely judgment. So, oh, a, a pro-life president like Ronald Reagan could have easily said, well, I'm not going to enforce Roe versus Wade as long as I'm president. Now, you get uh, Walter Mondale in there, you go ahead, he'll, do, he'll decide if he wants to enforce it or not. Do you know who admitted that this was the case? In my car in Kenai, the Reagan's former chief of staff, Pat Buchanan, said, you're absolutely right. I said, why didn't you do that? He says, we never thought of it. Mm -hmm. So you have that aspect. But then a pro-life Congress, which has had Republican majorities in both the Senate and the House several different times since 1994, they can simply exercise Article 3, I believe it's Section 2, which says that the Congress can make exceptions as to what judicial decisions they want to block. It's not those words, but it says there are exceptions. What kind of vote is required for that? Do you know? Yeah, a simple majority. Just a simple majority. Of both houses. Now, that's how the Alaska Pipeline avoided all the green lobbies blockades that uh, would have certainly arisen in 1972. Because they said there will be no judicial review of our green lighting the Alaska I wonder, pipeline. I wonder how many people actually understand that idea that it's a simple majority because oftentimes, you know, the, the, the pundits and, and uh, professionals and, and those in the know will say, oh, well, it's too difficult. Yeah, oh. but isn't it, isn't it more a case of it shows there's no will? to do it because I you know you said Pat Buchanan said we I never think, thought of it I think the it. word is f they're feckless well you know I, someone was telling Pat Buchanan that he could have done this he's got lots of people in the you know he could call on and I'm just a simple person I, I don't know the constitution backwards and forwards like you do but I look at patterns and what I'm looking at is we haven't had a president or even people in the house or the senate that, that have the interest because I hear you saying Bob they could have done it any time so Bob they just don't want to I'll tell you where the will exists constitutionally, and it's breaking out all over the place, and that is sanctuary cities for the unborn. Lubbock, Texas, which is bigger than Anchorage, I think, is the largest city to declare it an abortion, declare itself an abortion-free zone. They popped up to the tune of 12 or 15 in Texas. They're now spreading to Ohio and I think Missouri and Indiana maybe having added cities. So when you have an activist doctor or an organization like Planned Parenthood come into your city, or maybe they already have an existing foothold in the city, um, if a local city decides to local option and say, we're a abortion-free zone, how do they deal with, uh, with those professionals That's and those pretty business? Easy. That's easily. They're going to sue, right? Okay. But... Here's the understanding that we lack 
If they won the lawsuit and said, no, you've got to have an abortion clinic in your town, all you need is a governor who said, well, I'm not going to enforce that Supreme Court, state Supreme Court decision. I don't have to do that because it's unconstitutional to pull the arms and legs out of a little baby's sockets. That's what we need to uh, have the gumption. And I think Chris Kirka will have it. I can guarantee you the current governor does not because I sat down with him twice, six months apart, and explained to him with constitutional scholars on a speakerphone with us to back up my opinions, including Ron Paul wasn't on the speakerphone, but he had written a favorable missive to the governor to get him to listen. Dick Randolph was endorsing it as well, and that was that Governor Dunleavy, you do not have to obey the Supreme Court or any judiciary decision, not only regarding abortion, how about the court overturning the requirement for witness signatures? That's it, ridiculous. It, you know, I, I listened to your testimony this year uh, during the regular session. Um, you called in and you testified before the Alaska State Legislature because there were a couple of different bills that were promoted by the lo- uh, by our legislature. They didn't really make it anywhere, but... Um, you know, what struck me was that when I was in Juneau, it seemed like all of our elected fish officials, with the very, with the exception of a very few, and when I say few, like three that, I, that immediately come to mind, um, officials who were more interested in the rules and decorum being polite than they were in standing for life. And I know that Representative Kirka, who has just announced his candidacy for governor, um, was also the previous executive director for the state Alaska Right to Life um, organization. And he, uh, by the way, when he won his his uh, freshman term, he had over 70% of the vote in his district. And that was after the Washington elite threw $30,000, and I'm talking about Republican elite, in D.C., threw $30,000 into the race to try and make sure he did not get elected. That's, I'm going to make a political statement here. and That's another, all right. This is a political show. Right. The Alaskan Independence Party and the Libertarian Party are ready to welcome uh, these disaffected Republicans who realize that the uh, cards are stacked against them. The Libertarian Party will not be a pro-life party. Uh, at the best, they might be in favor of overturning Roe versus Wade because it's unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the I would not, I would not serve as chairman of the Alaskan Independence Party if it was not a one hundred percent pro life party. So that, aside from our historic questions about our statehood act being, um, being a warped statehood act, and ways that I won't get into here, uh, for those disaffected Republicans who have always sympathized with the AIP but withheld their support because, well, they didn't like Joe Vogler or it wasn't truly a pro-life party, uh, that obstacle no longer uh, uh, sits, is, is no longer sitting in the way. And I, I think it's important to note, I have heard it over and over again, my heart's with the AIP. But I gosh, I, I, I can't I won't be able to vote in the Republican primary. Well, that's been removed. <laughs> that's been removed by the ranked choice voting snafu. D- Dominion. <coughs> Excuse and, me, I had a Yes. So <coughs> Dominion. <coughs> 
So, Sorry, let me so, so get the, that out of my system. Anyway, the ranked choice voting, uh, that's no longer now an obstacle. So home is where your heart is. If your heart has always been with the AIP, come on home. Well, you know, um, I watched Joe Miller's, and it was, it was, I think it was a masterful bit of strategy. You know, there are many who would be dismissive of Representative Kirka just on the fa- on his face because because he is a freshman uh, representative and because he he was the you know a leader in the Alaska Right to Life movement. There's a lot of people who are very uncomfortable about having to take an absolute position on anything. Mm-hmm. It's hard to wiggle when you take an absolute position on something. You, you, can't, you can't squirm uh, into a more favorable position where, where, where the, the water temperature is, is not so hot. And, um, you know, one of the things that Joe Miller said in his, his uh, video that he released on, on the Alaska Watchman was that Representative Kirka is going to need every ounce of support we can give him and that it's not going to be easy. And it's going to be downright difficult and potentially dangerous. He said that the establishment will basically stop at nothing. And, and you know, Bob, you raised Joe Vogler's name. And we all know that Joe Vogler did not come to a happy, sunny uh, retirement. They, no, they, he was murdered under circumstances. You have the official version of his murder, and then you have the likely alternative version and it's like the kennedy assassination you you're you're free to speculate but i certainly don't believe the official version yeah yeah and and he didn't just get lost and trip and fall into a shallow grave that was conveniently lined with a blue tarp i'm going to also tell you that yes you are correct about the establishment the deep state it does exist and mm-hmm. a lot of people have a hard time no no we have to admit the john birch society was correct I can't do that. Well, okay. Stick your head in the sand. But there are an elite group of globalists and this the messes that we are in throughout civilized world are are not an accident. They it's not just like oh they're taking advantage of an opportunity. No, they created their own. Yeah. So, um it, I'm very excited for Representative Kirka. Uh, I've reached out to him and asked if his campaign would uh, schedule a meet and greet here in the shop. And, um, you know, I encourage everyone to come and uh, to come and meet Representative Kirka, to uh, ask him your questions, to, to ask him how absolute he is on these things. You know, I want somebody who's going to stand up for my liberty. And and you've heard in the past, I've been very critical of, of Peter Michiki, um, you know, because he, there was this bill, Senate Bill 3006, with 10 amendments in it, and he voted for an amendment that would have created a, a soft vaccine passport, which is a, a clear infringement on liberty, and he voted against another amendment in the same in the same meeting, yeah. the same hearing, that that would have basically protected people from that. And so then the bill did not pass 
when it came to a vote. So they gaveled, they, 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 they went into recess for five hours and he beat the halls and they came back into session five hours later and they voted again and it passed and it went to the house and it immediately died. And I'm tired of politicians, and, and I've told Peter this, I'm tired of politicians giving away our liberties or setting the foundations for tyranny out of convenience because the optics serve whatever ends they, they have in mind, that the, the virtue signaling is more important than the Constitution. And, you know, everything about the Capitol lockdown was optics, and, you know, I think Chris, uh, Christopher Kirka was correct when he said in his statement that, you know, what kind of government do we have? We have a government that is, uh, 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 we are a nation now of men, not laws. We are a nation where the, the capital is locked down, but the privileged, privileged guests and the bureaucracy and the elite still have access. Now, we also have the situation, as you said, it's all about optics. And Laura Reinbold was singled out for that very reason. By the governor. The, the masks are utterly optical reminders that you must obey, that you must live in fear. And anybody who says, no, I will not live in fear, and I did not. It was not a condition for my constituents voting for me to represent them that I have to put on a face diaper. And I'm afraid that... Uh, well, you're, you're giving the mask too much credit because a diaper actually works. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, when you read that box and it says, it says uh, good to 30 pounds, yeah. you know, a diaper can hold a lot. Or wait, right, now, wait, 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 wait. Now, let's, let's correct that. If you have small children and the box says 30 pounds, it doesn't actually hold 30 pounds of, of waste. It's for your child who's 30 pounds. But, but, you know, we try to have a little fun here, but the reality is, is that it's all optics. And, and like a face diaper, the masks stink. Well, okay. So uh, moving on to um, topics that we have very little time left uh, to because I have to get to my own studio show. Right, right. right. Uh, I have a situation where uh, my recent column in the Alaska Watchman, my two most recent ones, so one was uh, scoring Dr. Ann Zink's familial ties with um, um, the population control lobby, and her uh, grandfather was very much part and parcel of that, and she endorsed his legacy okay mm -hmm. and so a lot of people didn't like me calling her out on that but that's too bad and then the other one is i defended uh, david eastman who's the, the the most beat up and softest target for the left and one of the smartest men in juno he probably is and he is uh, lashed himself to the mast and uh, ready to ride out the storms but i my uh, column in the alaska watchman defends him well, I read your column on Ann Zink and her recent election to the, uh, as president to this, uh, this medical association of the 100,000 uh, professionals in it that endorse things like critical race theory. Yeah. 
openly endorse the explicit uh, sexual education of children, even to very young ages, uh, that uh, support uh, Planned Parenthood and abortion and also use Planned Planned Parenthood's own research division to provide a lot of the data that they rely on. And there's also a surveillance aspect that they are endorsing. Uh, right, ab- right. About citizens who decide not to vaccinate. Right. So, yeah, uh, I will stand by that column. And I think a lot of the people who are critical of it are going to find out that, uh, well, uh, it's all coming through. I want to thank you, Jason. Uh, I'm going to uh, pass the... We're going over to we're going to continue. <laughs> we're going to continue uh, because it wouldn't be the hour of power without a full hour, and we've got lots of other things to talk about. Thank you, Bob, and I'm sure we can have you back in the studio again. Um, we are curious to f- learn more maybe next time about the uh, foundation of the Alaska Independence Party. A little bit of history. We will that. do that. And Bird's Eye View airs Monday through Friday. 3 to 5 p.m. Alaska time. 9.20 a.m. KSRM is where you will find him. And uh, we appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Uh, As one of my friends used to say, you're a scholar and a gentleman. (laughs) All right. So um, that was exciting. You know, the first, oh. the, the, I had Mr. Bird's class uh, as a senior, oh. and he started out his class by handing out a bail bondsman's business card. <laughs> and so, and he, told, he thought you'd need one? Yeah, he oh, told no. everybody there, he said, you know, if you really feel passionate about something, maybe uh-huh. someday you may have to do something called yeah. civil disobedience. Oh, yeah. And that might land you in the clink. And if that were to happen... I know a guy. So uh, he was part of the early uh, Operation Rescue uh, efforts that uh, would block abortion clinics and then talk to women about, uh, you know, the fact that there are alternatives yeah. to did, abortion. Now, did you ever use that Bill's no, bo- no. Bill Bondsman's no, card? I, no, I, I'm no, glad to say <laughs> that the only time I have ever been to prison was to visit somebody. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah. hearing those locks behind you as you yeah. go in and you go through the screening mm-hmm. and the checkpoints and stuff, that's an that's a terrifying enough noise I to keep so. me yeah. well away from yeah. the behaviors that would land me in prison. Yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> and it, a lot of crime is a choice. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you know, maybe with the help of uh, Bob and that, you learned enough not to yeah. do the crime, so you'd have to do the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so, so Bob is, is an eternal warrior for life, and uh, today they were uh, protesting in front of Planned Parenthood. Um, with the, uh, you know, creating a little bit of their own optics and um, showing that that uh, people do care about life mm-hmm. um, and that uh, Planned Parenthood is an evil agency yeah. in our community yeah. that is actively calling for and facilitating the death of the unborn. Well, and we unknowingly, um, you know, I have an article here that said uh, one of the governors in one of the outside states gave uh, 25% of their COVID money to Planned Parenthood. Because I've, they were trying to save lives. I, I, I don't know what, <laughs> how that would relate to COVID, um, but it just shows you how entrenched, you know, this group is in our culture and how we think they, they help people. And I'm not sure they do, you know. So one of the new things that we're doing with the podcast is I've uh, I've thrown uh, the Real American News mm. story uh, news channel up uh, on the screen so that we can see that while we're talking. And, you know, I, I wanted to uh, talk briefly about uh, this uh, this parade 
this massacre in the in, in uh, where where a gentleman took his uh, and I wouldn't call him a gentleman, but mm-hmm. uh, an individual took his SUV and mowed down. I, I was confused for a minute because most of the articles I've read said that a car did it. Yes, and yes. W- when you said a gentleman, I was going. What what story is what, that? What story okay, is that? Okay, so so an automobile with a mind of its own decided yeah. one day to go uh, joyriding, and um, you know maybe it was one of those. Autonomous, autonomous, vehicles. but it was it, it wanted to go look at so, the Christmas so, parade. So really, we could blame. Yeah. yeah, who is it that's building building the autonomous Elon, vehicles? Yeah, well, Elon Musk. So was yeah. it was it Tesla that killed no, all those it, people? Was, no, maybe it was. Maybe it was trying to be a Tesla. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's self-identified. Self, it's, it's self-identified. Self, yes, it was an SUV Please. self-identifying as a uh, automated Tesla. Automated Tesla. That's right. Because they are relatively self-driving. That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, they'll drive right over anybody that steps mm-hmm. in front of them. So, so, and how inconvenient for people to decide to have yeah. a parade. Yeah. And, and these and images, this is the first time I've actually seen the images. This is disturbing. Oh, I've seen this is this is no. this is disturbing. The carnage is. Have you not seen this? No, no, no. I've I've been oh, I've been trying to survive the the economic uh, uh, crap storm that our our uh, feckless president has stirred up for us. Uh, you know, the the cost of goods has increased over thirty percent for for my business. And, um, you know, I could tell you all about our struggles here, but I'm not going to focus on no. that right now. Uh, we are working hard every day to create new ways to build community and to um, build understanding and to fight back against the news narrative uh, that the, the news media has spun. And, you know, um, when this story broke, they didn't say that it was a, a man who, uh, whose ancestors originated in Africa. They didn't say anything about his social media posts where he he uh, talked about supporting Black Lives Matter and hating white people. They didn't talk about the fact that two weeks before he had run over his wife with a car mm-hmm. and had just been released. He left tire tracks on her legs. Well, so it wasn't a, you well know, everybody's it was, doing that these days. Oh. So you, you've seen the, the scarification, the piercings, you know. it's oh. Now it's uh, vehicular, um, you know, identification oh, marks. Okay, okay. So uh, but, they're, they're all the rage in some you know, metropolitan cities. You know, but it wasn't exaggerated. He literally drove over her. He didn't, like, bump her, right. and, give and, her a little hip check with the car. Yeah, and, and, his, and his, uh, his bail was $1,000. $1,000. So, yeah. you know... Um, so you know we we have to organize we have to we have to fight back against the the fake news media and uh, the politicians the bureaucrats you know our city council here in Soldatna is still sitting on the dais uh, there at city council meetings wearing masks. <laughs> I'm going to use a word that might offend some. The word is morons. Morons. No, no, that, no, 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 no. That doesn't offend anybody that well it might offend them well you know I, I i've come to the conclusion that the only way i can deal with those people is to laugh at them it was like when we were standing outside the hospital and the woman her version of protest was to um talk about her uterus right and i right. thought this is an alternate reality in which we're talking about giving medical treatment to people, and she is so concerned about her uterus. Well, well, and let's let's define. And, and you have to let's, laugh at let's that. define medical treatment because at this point in the conversation, we were just asking the doctors to allow the family, yeah. uh, uh, the right yeah. to try vitamins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and but no, and, I mean, this is a person whose whole identity is caught. I'm sorry, I keep this is about the third time I've talked about it, mm-hmm. but we have to because these people need to be objects of ridicule. Just like, and, and you know, it, it, then don't do stupid things. If you don't want stupid outcomes, don't do stupid things. And right now, wearing a mask in the state of Alaska, in the city of Soldatna, is stupid. It's the stupidest thing it, you could it's do. It's one of the stupidest things. You know, and, and, and we talked to, to Bob about optics, right? About this, this idea of virtue signaling. And um, it would be an interesting exercise in citizen surveillance if there were some motivated individuals who yeah. would just, you know, take their phones follow out them and around. follow them around yeah. and wait for them to take the mask yeah. off and yeah. say, what are you doing? Is the pandemic over? Yeah. I must have missed the memo. Is no. there a memo? Can I have the memo? Please can yeah. I have the memo. I'd like to go yeah. into City Hall without yeah. the ridicule yeah. Yeah. of the, the clerks. Show yeah, me show the me the memo. memo, please, because you are not wearing your mask. Yeah. And, and if the mask is required in City Hall, then yeah. I'm pretty sure it's required right. at the Christmas party, too. Yeah. Or in Fred Meyer. Yeah. Or when you're getting your nails done, you know. Yeah. Um, well, the, the uh, country of New Zealand, the uh, prime minister just informed the subjects, her subjects, that because of they're doing so well on COVID mediation that they now can go visit other people that are not in their family and use their bathroom. <laughs> no, she did. No, she said, we want you to know that you can now go visiting at Christmas and use their bathroom. And, and Can you imagine how uncomfortable it would be to visit your, your friend's home at Christmas? <laughs> and, and, you know, you just had like 15 cups of coffee and, and the, uh, the very rich, you know, chocolates and decadent uh, meats. And, uh, and as decadent meat and chocolate and coffee and wine tend to do, uh, yeah, they get uh, the yeah, GI yeah, track going, sort of going. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, oh, shoot, I have to leave Mabel. Why? Because I need to poo. You know, um, uh, and I can't use yours because you might have coronavirus. Well, but, you know, we, my daughter and I saw that almost two years ago in uh, May in North Carolina. They had, it was at the beginning of the COVID, and they had shut down every single outdoor facility, uh, you know, bathroom facility. And you know what they, you know, and they had beautiful ones. Uh, some of them had running water. A lot of the nicer ones in the more developed areas did. But they ended up putting porta potties. It was just hilarious because because porta potties typically are way more sanitary. Oh yeah, 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 more sanitary. This is said, a bureaucrat. Said no one. Said no one ever. Said this is a bureaucrat. <laughs> These people. I don't care whether it's Anne Zink, and I'm sorry, she's got a degree. I have no degree. I have an opinion. Do not apologize for Anne Zink. But. Just because, and I think we've got to get over this. We we look at people, we look at the letters and numbers after their name, and they say, well, they must know something. No, Anne Zink does not know anything. Quite frankly, I'm looking at the trajectory of her development, and I personally think she's using Alaska she's being groomed. as a springboard. Uh, and, and just being elected as the president of this association, yeah. if yeah. you needed any more proof of that, yep. um, you know, and... And here we have some of the lowest COVID infection rates in the nation. And it's not because of Ann Zink. If you go around Alaska and you look, there are very few places actually where masking occurs. Anchorage. She's, she's terrified Anchorage and probably Juno. You know, and, and so, you know, we have, to, we have to get out of this, this culture of fear. 
they want us to be afraid because when you're afraid, you'll do anything to not be afraid. You mean you're not afraid of the, the uh, Omicron, the moronic one, the, mor- the new you know, mor- Omi- moronic? Omicron sounds like, uh, <laughs> sounds like one of those Marvel um, uh, uh, villain names, <laughs> Omicron. But you're not afraid of that variant? No, no, and neither apparently is the doctor who first reported it. No, she's. I've, I've got the article. She's actually quite upset because well, she let's said... Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, she said, why have you done this? You wanted to be transparent. I was transparent. We told you about it. And oh, by the way, you never read the second paragraph where we said it's shown up in young people and they were really kind of just not ill too much. But we do it through testing. This is how we find it, is we do it through testing and then at some point we they do the genetic, find the, you know, do a genetic now analysis. This, now this is out of Africa, yeah. correct? And, and yeah. so, so here's, here's maybe where, where all of the uh, sort of the psychotic behavior from policymakers is coming. You know, Africa has remained relatively low in their infection rates because of their access to hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And they call it their Sunday Sunday pill because it's a very safe and effective way to address potential malaria infection. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, it has uh, antiviral properties. And and, um, so... A place that would be considered third or maybe even fourth world, mm-hmm. having less COVID infection rates and deaths than yep. the most medically advanced nation the planet has ever known. Yeah. Which ironically has some of the highest. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know, and they say, oh, well, here's this variant coming out of Africa. Well, because of course those people aren't getting sick because they have access to early treatment. And if they do have symptoms, you know, they're already taking hydroxychloroquine. They're already taking ivermectin or have access to it. But in this nation, the, the government has saying, said that, uh, no, that's illegal. You can't do that. And if you do, we'll revoke your medical license. We'll revoke your pharmaceutical license. I just saw a story about um, uh, Justin. I don't know his last name. But I know that he sat on the city council, and he's our head pharmacist over mm-hmm. here at mm-hmm. Soldatna okay. yep. Professional Pharmacy, yeah. for those of you taking notes. Sits on the state pharmacy yes. licensing yep. board. board. And so I said those things very clearly because those are places you can write to and protest. They just increased the penalty, the financial burden to pharmacists. Mm. From I think it's twenty five hundred dollars per infraction to thirty five hundred dollars or thirty four hundred dollars mm-hmm. or something like that, um, uh, for for licensing actions taken against them for uh, operating outside of their area of expertise or practice. Now it used to be when a doctor prescribed you a medication and you took it to the pharmacist, the only thing they would do is say, "Be aware, there are these um, these uh, what do they call it these." Um, Interactions. Yeah, side effects. Potential interactions yeah. between other medications you're taking that could be harmful to you. And oh, by the way, here's your informed consent form. It's usually a little, you know, policy, <laughs> like yeah. a little manual. Yeah. You know, it, we've all seen it. Yeah. A, a tiny, tiny print you can't read. Mm-hmm. There's about, you know, uh, you know, 3,000 words yeah. in these things, and it tells you all, all the side effects. All of the terrifying ways yeah. you're going to die potentially yeah. if you take this medicine. Mm-hmm. But they would do that. And they'd do their duty. You'd walk out the store with yep. this uh, deadly medicine, yeah. take it, and be fine. Yeah. Because the doctors were held to a higher standard than the pharmacists. Yeah. 
And they, they're in, the ones that should their, be the gatekeeper. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But, but now, but now, we've but got now pharmacists have been elevated to a position above doctors. Oh, yeah. And any time the doctor uh, does something that the administration doesn't like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're not qualified yeah, you're to not make qualified. that decision. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're better than you because we've got, who knows? I have no idea. Yeah. What? Well, did, well, did you yeah. hear this week that Fauci is science? Yeah, I, I'm not kind of. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. I, I, I am science. I, I don't know if he understands nouns, verbs, or grammar because. Well, see, that's all relative you know, because or, the CDC is yeah. now in the business of changing. Yeah. The meaning of nouns and verbs. I, and I think they, they're going. They're going to have to because it just it doesn't make. Maybe any sense. if you get a, a degree yeah. in in English now, <laughs> you will be qualified <laughs> to head up an organization like the CDC. Yeah, I, because I, you don't actually have to practice science. All you have to do is say. You are science. You are science, just like they've revised the, uh, you know, definition of vaccine three times. And I don't know if you heard this, but England, and it was the health minister in England, has now said they've halved the amount of time before booster shots. So instead of six months between boosters, they've gone to three. That's significant. No, that and that is actually, I watched the House of Parliament. He was speaking, and he was had get, and he said, I approve of this. So this is going to be there. You know, you might be- not Because heard. he's an eminently qualified scientist. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe somebody gave him a different, I don't know, definition of whatever, or, or maybe he's been paid more money. You know, my, or, my favorite part of the narrative that seems to have disappeared mm-hmm. is this idea that we can mix and match shots now. It's like the cocktail approach. It's like, well, you can take the Moderna shot and or the Pfizer shot. And when you want to get boosted, you know. Whenever you want them, though. Yeah. But you can. But (laughs) I've said this. And maybe this isn't the best analogy, but it's the only one I can think of. Try to go to the, you know, pick your pharmacy and go get a flu shot. You know, when, when when I was a social worker, I dealt with people with addictions. Yeah. And people that have yeah. addictions generally associate with other people that have addictions. Yep. And there's this whole uh, yeah. subculture yeah. Uh, that the, exists in no. every community yeah, this, with yeah. people who are in addictive behaviors seeking yeah. whatever substance yeah. or behavior they're addicted to. And that's what this is. And, and uh, when I was in social work, there was this phenomenon called farming. Have you ever heard of farming? No. P-H-A-R-M-I-N-G. Oh, so they would go and they would... They would show up at a party. Everybody yeah. would bring whatever they okay, had in their medicine okay. cabinet. They would throw it in a bowl. A, yeah, I've seen that. And then yeah. people would just sort of like, oh, there's a purple one. I'm going to try that. Yeah. And uh, that one's kind of got a fruity smell to it. I'm yeah. going to take that one. And they would just mix and, and they would just mix a match drugs. and just wait to see what happened. Yeah, make sure they knew... I mean, this is what Dr. Fauci is doing. Yeah. He's engaging in, yeah. in, in, in uh, a policy making that encourages people to farm well and and the fact that the, you know the health minister in england said we're going to decrease the amount of time I, I guess people have we're not only enumerate we're not only stupid but we've lost track of time because it's not even been two years who's this we I, I, well i don't <laughs> the I greater wanted, the greater uh, <laughs> the the greater uh populace well i guess i want to include myself because i'm sure i'm stupid about some stuff but I'm listening to this, and I just try to be really logical, and I'm going, they haven't even had time to do a random controlled study on whether it's three months or six months. There's nothing out there that they've studied that said that a three-month waiting period is more effective than six months because we haven't had enough time. We only started vaccinating people less than a year ago. 
less than 12 months ago. How do they know that you now can go to a three-month gap rather than a six-month? Well, I don't understand. They How are, do they know they that? Are, they don't. Well, they are, they are tremendously good at, at creating paperwork and yes. reading it all and understanding it all and then yeah. expediting it. Yeah. However, when you want a Freedom of Information Act request... Oh, that takes forever. 55 years in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think that's what they said about yeah, the Pfizer yeah. request. 500 pages at a time or something yeah, that yeah. they're going to release. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if it's 500 pages yeah. at a time, was that monthly? Yeah. I have no, no, I, it, it can't, well, that would be 6,000 a year. Six times five is 30. Well, it was a copious. Yeah, it would be. It was it a would copious be, amount yeah. of paper. Yeah, it would that be. They, that yeah. they, they somehow crunched in 120 plus days to, to authorize this vaccine. They were able to crunch all that paper. And now the Freedom of Information Act says, oh, by the way, uh, the public would like to see yeah. that you actually followed the process that's mm-hmm. prescribed in law and regulation. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's going to take us a while. So 55 and, yeah. years seems like a good round number. Yeah. But the question I would like to ask is, okay, if, if the document, if this, this, the, if the, the, the information on this is so big, I sincerely doubt if they've cross-referenced or correlated things. It sounds to me like they had many, many people working on many, many aspects of this, and they just generated paper. And one of the things that happens, and and you can read it, it's why um, artificial intelligence is so great, because artificial intelligence can actually crunch numbers. But I don't think we're there that to that point that we've got an AI that can go into a document like that and correlate. Like, so this is, I mean, they're looking at all the different, they're looking at concentrations, they're looking at times. I think that is the biggest piece of garbage that's going to come out, because it probably is not going to say the, anything. I think the term you're looking for is bullpucky. Yeah, I was going to use, <laughs> I was going to use a, another word, and I thought, no. Bullpucky. Bullpucky. But, but, you know, and the fact that people think that that's, an, that's actually got, and has any value. That's the thing that I find kind of cute. <laughs> you know, what's infuriating to me is you have these, these uh, vaccine warriors, mm. mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. they, they run around and project themselves to be, uh, you know, morally superior to everyone around them because, look, I'm double-masked and vaxxed. And Good. how inconsiderate you are to run around and breathe my air without a mask and without a vaccine. And uh, because of this, you you should be given a lesser status in our society. You should have less access to things. And when you go to the emergency room, you should be triaged to the end of the list because you're one of those unvaxxed, unwashed, but- deplorable people who has a, an independent streak in you. And, and then you tell them, you just use the words Uttar Pradesh. And you use the words yeah. New Mexico yeah. City or Mexico City. And, and then you use this uh, um, FOIA request 55 years example and say, do you not see the lunacy behind all the dogma coming out of the federal and state government and big pharma? Do you not see the just the straight up arrogance fallacy and 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 demonic control that they're exerting over us and 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 these people they just sit there with a blank look on their face or mm-hmm. conversely 
They become mm-hmm. very emotionally, yeah. aggressively, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, almost almost to a point of, of violence. Yeah, they will. Yeah. To to oppose you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and really inside of me, that strikes a nerve that says, you know, these are the people who became Nazis. These are the people who became the SS. They, they are. They're very much so. And I, I don't think you, know, you can be uh, um, really severely challenged. For saying things like that, and I think people are not understanding the analogy. You know, you know and if somebody challenges me, you know what yeah. my response is going to be? No. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm yeah. sick. I'm yeah. sick and tired of our, our politicians yes. getting half a spine and stepping up and saying, you know, this really is uh, hearkening back to, you know, some of the precursors to the Holocaust. And then the media and all, this, all these yeah. crazy wacko yeah. groups freak out. And then what do you get? Almost immediately, they backtrack. You get this retraction. Oh, I didn't mean it. This I apology. Didn't mean it. I didn't I'm mean sorry. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please, yeah. please don't, please don't yeah. whip me in the shed of public yeah. opinion. Because isn't that what David Eastman is in trouble for? He likened. Did he say he, Nazi or did he liken I, to the? I can't. I, I don't know what the recent, the most recent thing that they're upset I'm about David Eastman is. But the Marines, there's just the, so the many. Marines. No, no. He was. A, he's a graduate of West Point. Well, West Point. But and, what, and they, so there's they, 70 leftist officers who graduated from West Point. Yeah. Who are calling for his resignation, saying that that he is. Uh, he's not. Um, he's not following. Oh the, no! It was uh, not the. Was it? Uh, not the proud. It was the other one. The other group. Oath keepers. Uh, Oath keepers. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He for, had, for, that's what it was. For, no, he didn't for belong being, to them. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. He does. Belong he does. To and but all the oath keeper. And so the 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 but the, the southern poverty. Um, but the oath keepers is a religious men's organization, isn't it? No, no, no. Oh no. no that's the oath keepers. The oath keepers. Basic, basic. The basic premise of them is these are people who took oaths. Okay, okay. Right? right. And 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 they say that oath did not end okay, when when, when I yeah. retired or okay. when I was discharged from my service. Yeah. Okay. That when you take an oath, this is a lifelong okay. thing. And just because I no longer work for the army or yeah. or local police department or whatever. Okay, so it ten- I have taken the oath and this is this defines yeah. my life from that point forward. And, yeah. and 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 basically it's a it's a position, a statement of integrity. Yeah. That and says, I, I swore an oath to uphold yeah. and defend the Constitution of the United yeah. States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Yeah. And, and so the, the Southern Poverty Law yeah, Center, Center or whatever, which has, been has, debunked. has, has yeah. branded, branded the Oath Keepers it, yeah, as a, a domestic terrorist, terrorist organization. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. so these, these mindless drones yeah. that West Point is putting out yeah. are... Yeah. Are calling for Eastman to 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 resign step, to resign because of they're, they're this, trying yeah. to they're trying to shame him. They, he should just you know, ignore them. They don't know David. Well, he should just ignore them. I know because David. it's like it's like white noise. After a while, this stuff for me, you know, I read so much. It's what just a like, racist statement to say. White noise. It's not. <laughs> it's not racist. Well, it's kind of like Black Friday. Black Friday. Did you hear about the university uh, that that was no, up in arms? They were going to change the meaning of the name of Black Friday. Did they even understand? They why? didn't understand. I mean, it they meant that uh, that's when everybody it, 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 brings their books back into the black. Yeah. After, and, and after so, going into the red. So we're now going to have to and. <laughs> You know, just as an aside, it's actually, I, I follow this stupid site. You know what? We're no longer going to offer black coffee here. We're going to offer <laughs> monochromatic <laughs> monochromatic coffee. Yeah, but then how do you know if you want, like, like white one or 
dark one. Like, well, I guess you're going like, to have like, to associate you, some metaphysical property to it, like good and evil. Yeah, like I would like an evil monochromatic coffee, please. <laughs> but you know these people, and it's I I find it sad that we've allowed, uh, and it's a particular group of people. It's a particular social strata, a particular education level. People that want to go somewhere, they have utterly destroyed the English language. If you've ever looked at any of those, there's a Twitter site called Libs of TikTok, and they put their, um, they want their pronouns, and some of them have the most ridiculous pronouns that I, it, it's like they've gone out, thrown a bunch of, you know, scrabble dice in a bag and pulled three letters out and said, okay, we're going to use these letters, and this is going to be my preferred pronouns, and then I got to make it... How, how am I supposed to remember 5,672 different pro... Because that's what we're at right now. Because they're not only using X-I-R, X-E-R. I saw one the other day that was three consonants. <laughs> and I'm going... <laughs> what is that? How do you want me to say that? You know, and then there was another you know, you one... Know, you know who I blame? Oh, I have no idea who to blame for Prince. this. Prince. Prince. Remember? The artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, he didn't have a weird name. That no, was, no, he was a symbol. He created his, he, he uh, he created a, his own oh, yeah. symbol. This is how I shall now be known legally yeah. from henceforth. Yeah. <laughs> but just as an outsider, you know, I've come from the moon or whatever, you know, Alpha Centauri, and I've landed here a few years ago, and I'm just starting to uh, get to know people. And, you know, I've kind of looked around, and I said, okay, there's two kinds of genders. There's sort of men, there's sort of women. And then all of a sudden I find the Internet, and I find libs of TikTok, and you start looking at them, and they are not even human-looking anymore. Is that a thing, libs of TikTok? TikTok? Oh, it's, oh it's, it's hilarious. See, I don't go on TikTok because the Chinese government, is that's like their baby. Oh, I, I can't resist it. I'm actually addicted <laughs> You're to... You're addicted to... No, to libs of TikTok. <laughs> because I live with... Uh, uh, my whole circle of friends are normal. You've got to understand. I live this uh, very plain Jane very normal life and I don't see these people so I have to go get that you know I have to go get this uh you know in in inoculation or something to go okay yeah I don't agree with it they are utterly crazy they are literally crazy this is there's something wrong with these people and we as a culture have failed them because we have failed them uh, in allowing them to be so outside our culture because I don't understand how you're supposed to deal with them. Seriously, these are not people you can... If you got 30 of them in a group, you'd have to have 30 different sets of... Literally, 30 different sets of pronouns. You, they want you to... Some of them have... Depends on the day of the week. They are either male or female or something else. So you have to look at their wrist to see, and then you have to remember those three sets Let, of pronouns. Let's actually, let's actually, uh, let's actually blame this on the baby boomers the me generation well it could be i i'm i i accept because i am part of the baby boomer generation and i as i look at my cohort i see a, a group of very self-absorbed people they um family does they, they say family means stuff but only on their conditions right whereas um, well, I just made a connection. The reason okay. why I brought that up. Okay. Is this a good one or a bad one? Well, <laughs> well. so there's this website mm. I encourage you to look at. It's called Deconstructing a Paradigm. Oh, okay. Okay. 
And go to the NWO tab. Okay. New World Order. Oh, and people yeah. are like, oh, yeah. man, time to pull out the tinfoil hat. No. And, you know, um, but it, no. here's something that's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Under that tab, there's mm-hmm. a series of documents. They're yeah. all government documents yeah. or documents that were funded by grants and, yeah. and endowments like like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation yeah. Yeah. or the Rockefeller Foundation. Warren or, Buffett has a huge one. You know, but he's evil. But there's there's all of these all of these uh, these these papers that were created. Yeah, and some of them go all the way back into the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Well, economists have been studying the baby boom generation. Mm since their arrival yeah. on the planet because there's such a large bubble of people yeah they have driven most of the social trends of each of the generations that they've occupied mm-hmm. and so um i remember they were talking about when uh lee iacocca yeah was in charge of Chev- ford ford was he ford yeah or chrysler or whatever yeah whatever yeah um he uh recognized that this generation of baby boomers was going to be arriving into their teen years and that there was a lot of cash flowing in the economy at the time and that if he could build an affordable sports car okay that was that it would it would launch the company so that was what the mustang the ford mustang the mustang yeah the ford mustang was the first sports car that was made at an affordable price that a young person could actually get into yeah and um, and then and if you follow you follow sort of history, they've yeah. moved every trend. The big huge yeah. real estate boom in yeah. the '80s, um, the the development of the minivan. Yeah, you know um, Gerber Baby Foods. Yeah. Gerber Baby Foods was launched by the baby boom generation, and so um, as a social worker, one of the things that we identified ten years ago. Was that, oh my gosh, we have the baby boom generation is getting ready to retire. Yeah. They've earned all the money they're going to ever have. And they're getting ready to retire. And when they do, they're going to leave the workforce. And we're going to have this huge, huge population needing services. But we're going to have a vacuum of employees, of Mm -hmm. trained professionals to deal with all of their needs. Whether it's nursing Mm -hmm. or medical or, um, you know, any of these other things. And... And so uh, academia started gearing up, saying, how do, we, how do we get more people into these programs to become nurses and yeah. become, uh, become, you know, um, uh, social workers and, and uh, physical therapists and all this kind of stuff, right? Because we're not going to be able to serve their need. COVID is kind of the last hurrah of the baby boom What's generation. Killing a- it's killing them. 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds, it's almost it's decimating that it's demographic. Killing, it's killing yeah. them. And, and so just as they thought that, uh, they were, that the boomers were going to propel the nursing industry into overdrive, over, uh, right? Yeah. COVID yeah. is, when you look back at these documents, yeah. it was predicted, it was planned. Mm-hmm. It was planned that... There would be an opportunity with this population, this demographic, if ever, to reset the world and to change how the scales are balanced and who has the power and who doesn't and where the money flows. It was with this generation. And, and, And you think about it. People who are in retirement, they're on a fixed income. Yes. 
most folks have not been prudent in saving. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have a, a small, you know, retirement or yeah. something, but ultimately they have to do more with less. And they're very vulnerable. And we can watch them politically that the older a person gets, typically the more liberal they become in their voting because they are more and more dependent on the entitlement programs. You know, and that's interesting because that's uh, in, in polling, they found that's the group that President Trump right now is losing. Right. Is the older, uh, this older group that's stuck in COVID because Biden's terrified them so much and, and with, uh, you know, inflation. Well, and if COVID, doesn't, gas, if COVID you know, doesn't kill them yeah. and their vaccine doesn't kill them, yeah. they're dead anyway. Yeah. They're going to be dead in the next yeah. 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And and so this window is 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 very small. Yeah. But it's it's uh it's rapidly going to close. And so they're I mean Joe Biden's a, a poster child. The mm-hmm. poster child for this this demographic. Yeah, he's scary. You know? He's, and he's, and he's, he's yeah. And I I really appreciate and enjoy older folks. Because of their life experience and their stories and their perspective, I, I really enjoy talking to older folks. And, um, uh, but <clears throat> the decisions being made now yeah. are going to affect my kids and their kids and their kids. Because once you lose liberty, you don't get it back without conflict, without bloody conflict. And uh, very f- there are very few examples in history where there's been a peaceful transition from tyranny to liberty. Well, I have a blog lady that I follow, and she, she was born in um, the Soviet Union, and she said it takes two generations. So she was, when she was living in, in the Ukraine, she lived in eastern Ukraine, and when she was there, her grandmother was a rabid communist. Mm-hmm. Rabid, absolutely. Died in the wool. Died in the wool, and she said she adored her grandmother, but she didn't believe her because mm-hmm. the things that were coming out of the grandmother's mouth. She was just crazy. This young person would look at them. You know, she was a young teen and she'd go, no, grandma, that's just like, that's just like crazy. You know, because she was, she fell for all the propaganda, the grandmother and mm-hmm. all that. So. Um, Why would the government do something to hurt me? Well, yeah. And, and so th- this uh, blog that I follow, uh, Clarissa is her name. She said, if we don't stop it now, it's going to take two generations. It will be not my grandchildren, but it will be your grandchildren that will, um, and you will have to live through the rest of this, whatever's going on. Your children will live through the rest of this, but maybe their children will be so, because they're just bored of it. They're just bored with it because there's only so much propaganda you can absorb. You know, think about, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, going to a pharmacist and they give you a drug and then they hand you this little thin piece of paper with thousands of small words on it that's mm-hmm. got all the side effects. Well, uh, you know, you can wa- see that on television. There's uh, a couple of, um, <laughs> yeah. one, there's a couple of cancer drugs that are do on you there have, now. Do you have itchy nose syndrome? But, but. Take this pill and. Uh, but 30, <laughs> but half of the, half of the commercial is all the side effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. And it's in that really fast voice. They talk really fast and they've got and all the words. And some people, their left eyeball has fallen out. Others but, have uh, lost all yeah. sensation in their yeah. lower extremities, while others have uh, died from massive, but you I'm, know, yeah. hemorrhaging in the brain. I want to know why you can go and get a drive-through COVID shot. 
No, just tell me why you can get a drive-through COVID shot and they don't have to hand you that little piece of paper. You're so sensitive and critical. I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I just don't understand when things don't make sense. And it, it doesn't make sense. It's so, in, it's so inconvenient to have to think about things. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. It's just, yeah. Don't 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 it ask is. me to think about stuff. No, I, just, I don't want to have I, to. I I really have grown accustomed to somebody to, holding the spoon yeah. for me. Um, really, my arms and my hands have atrophied. I don't really feed myself anymore. <laughs> I yep. just make sure that I look good. Yeah. While well, you're, f- I don't want it dribbling down my chin or getting on my clothing. Yeah. But yeah. but as long as you spoon feed me yeah. the propaganda, you know. Yeah, and a, a, and I get as much access to all of yeah. the cheap media and electronics well, I can and, get. And as long as there's green beans in the store. Years ago, about two years ago now, there was a, a Facebook page, and it was um, it was complaints about the Kenai Peninsula. And a woman, you know, it was one evening she came. I just went. I went to Safeway. I went to Fred Meyer. I went here, and there's no frozen green beans. My life is ruined, and everybody's going <laughs> broccoli. Corn, like oh, just by, giving by the a- by the way, if you're a fan of peace tea, I encourage you. I, I promise not to do any price gouging today. Maybe tomorrow. I'm, Are you I'm considering have a sale? it. I'm considering it. Well, I was in. I was told by Odom, they're the big Coke distributor okay, here. Yeah. There is no peace tea. Oh, so come by Jason's stock. Of we peace we tea. have we have limited availability of peace tea left. And once those cans are gone, who knows if we'll ever see them again. And actually... Maybe that's what it'll take for, uh, for people to rise up, is, is we, just, we just deprive them of their ready access to 45 flavors of peace tea. Well, we're so used to... Yeah, we're so, so used to... <laughs> It, but that's been going on for almost a year now, though. Yeah, yeah, but, but but it's the, the when, it, when, it gets, of when it gets down to, to this level, to this level when yeah. the wholesaler, yeah. the distributor for the whole peninsula and Alaska, yeah, they're actually based out of Seattle. And, uh, so yeah. so the fact that we have no peace tea available, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a early warning sign. If you haven't noticed the cost, the increasing cost of gas, or the increasing cost of everything else, and 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 the fact that when you walk through Walmart, they have so many empty shelves, this, like one box of crackers yes. across the front, you know, right. and like, it's not and it's not even the good crackers. No, it's it's, it's, it's like, like it's like the pilot bread that's not even proper pilot bread. It's not well, it's not the full size hockey puck. Yeah. It's sort of like this little cute sort of uh, uh, novelty pilot. And it comes bread. from like Romania or something, that's, and you're going, I didn't know they made them there. Yeah. yeah. What is that language? Yeah, you know, um, so, oh, by the way, did you know Governor Dunleavy is uh, recovering from shoulder surgery? Oh, who cares? He must have uh, worn that uh, rotator cuff out uh, doing so many one-armed push-ups. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, the the establishment is starting to get a little nervous for uh, their, their fair governor. Uh, the the uh, propaganda on the right is actually starting to um, increase. For or against uh, for, him? For him. The establishment does not want him gone. You know, this was an interesting dynamic. What do they gain by having him there? Is he access, easily, easily access, manipulated? Access and power. Access and power. It's all about access and power. And uh, better to... Uh, keep the enemy you know no, rather than, than sort of the Donald Trump syndrome where they knew Donald Trump was so oppositional 
he would just get cranky and just go no and and they knew that they couldn't manipulate him as much as yeah. as as they can others well you know yeah. um i i was told an interesting uh, fact the other day did you know that in our entire well our brief history as a state there have only been three governors that have had more than one term Oh, I didn't know that, but I think Tony I, Knowles. I think I knew Tony that. Knowles. Yeah, Bill was, Bill Egan. Yeah, I was here. I believe I believe Egan yeah. Egan was the first, and yeah. he did two full terms, and then he sat out, and he had a third term. Yeah. And um, I can't remember the the third one now, yeah. but so so you have to think that Governor Dunleavy, you know, he's running again. He's been campaigning all summer long. Yeah. And um. If and let me tell you this, I put up a huge Dunleavy sign on the corner of my property, mm. which faces the Kenai Spur Highway. Yeah, and I talked to his campaign folks, and he talked a good talk. He ta- I went he to did. I he, went to all of talked. his community yep. listening meetings yep. and sessions yep. when they were talking about the budget, yep. the PFD, and all yep. that stuff. I was in the audience. Yeah, I refused to give a cent. Yeah, to him. Did you know that when our business? almost collapsed yeah the thing that made us consider closing forever was public health alaska public health mandate number 16 Mm. we were all really struggling in the service industry by the time public health mandate 16 came along yeah 16 yeah and 16 was supposed to be, it was heralded um, before it was released as this great liberator. This thing would help us restore some level of normalcy and, and come out of the two weeks of flattening curve, you know, three, now, and, a, now three you, and a half months later. You weren't in Juneau. No. Then. No, no I was this here. This was prior. I was here. This, yeah. And um, the document, that, 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 uh, that health mandate stated that or uh, um, businesses like mine would be held to a standard where we had to have this this OSHA addendum. Mm. And the OSHA addendum was like 37 pages long of additional things that facilities like mine had to do in the name of public health to mitigate COVID. In addition to that, it said that all establishes, such as mine, had to have a hand-washing station at the door. <laughs> okay, so uh, this meant I would have had to buy one yeah. of these $10,000 yeah, mobile yeah, like it, water it, pump yeah. with your foot things you see at the fair. I'd you have know? two buckets and a jug of water. Yeah, and the, <laughs> other, the other thing we were told is that we had to contact Trace. We had oh, to gosh. take reservations. Yep. And only allow people with reservations to access. Can you know, you, we're coffee you shop. Yeah, can you coffee believe shop. this? When, when ever in your life have you thought, you know, I better make a reservation for the yeah. coffee shop. I, I want to know when the people that developed that revs, where did, where did they get the time to develop? How many pages did you say it was? 30? 37. Where did they get the time to develop well, they're paid, a 30 they're paid page? to do that. They're paid to do that. Yeah, these, are, these are career bureaucrats. They live for this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but they must have like a database that's got all these like little, these things they just cut and paste. That, no, that, to make they, it they coherent. Have, they, have, they have legal departments. They have, you know, they have all kinds of, of people that are working on this stuff but but the point is is that in addition to that yeah the mandate also said 
or the the governor had also said in in that I can't remember if it was that mandate or the previous one, but it was pretty close. Yeah. That if someone were to contract COVID, yeah, in, and they in, could through contact tracing say that it occurred at our establishment, and we were not in compliance with the OSHA mandates, that it was like it it, it was a, it was a draconian amount of money would yeah. be assessed to us in in civil f- fines and penalties. Yeah. Um, if a death occurred from COVID. Mm-hmm. And they, con- they the, through contact tracing, they found that that exposure occurred in our business, and we were not in compliance with that manual. That I could be fined one point five million dollars and imprisoned for a year. See, they didn't even do this. See, with, this was yeah. Governor Dunleavy. Yeah. They didn't Governor even, yeah. Dunleavy allowed this. Yeah. Governor Dunleavy. Yeah. So, so that was you know, Zinc. Joe too. Joe Miller yeah. in yeah. his announcement yeah. about Christopher Kirka, yeah. his endorsement for Christopher Kirka, he said, "You know, I gave Governor Dunleavy my endorsement yes. when he told me that he would make election integrity yeah. one of his top priorities going in, and because it was, and, and, it and it never even made the top fifty. Yeah priorities for governor dunleavy actually we got hacked and they were like oh nothing to see here and let's get rid of the diebold machines and we're gonna buy a whole bunch of dominion machines yeah makes no sense right so so um that that whole dominion thing actually happened before the hack Mm. but we got hacked yeah what other states got hacked or had their dominion systems compromised in some way but see when when the governor was asked to address that he didn't. Silence. He didn't. It's silence. Yeah. Even if he was doing it behind the scenes and didn't want everybody to know about it, at some point he has to step forward and say, here's what we're doing. We demand clarity on this issue. But see, see, uh, Kirka mm-hmm. and Miller both are calling out this governor yeah. for trashing the state constitution. Yeah. You know, our, just... I know it, people don't really like to read stuff that's not, you know, condensed down into Cliff's notes, but just read Articles 1 and 2 of the Alaska State Constitution. Mm-hmm. And then look at this administration's activities, yeah. whether it's through Ann Zink or whether it's through Adam Crum, the commissioner of the Department of Health and Social Services, or or a, a variety of other players in, in the sort of the bureaucratic side of the administration. And tell me, that their actions in the last two years have aligned with Articles 1 and 2 of the Constitution. Yeah, no, no, I don't. You won't yeah. be able to. No. no not I, without no. some serious spin. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know the Constitution that well, but all that I know is that you look in other states, and I, I personally think uh, Dunleavy is absent. I, I mean, I read about Ann Zink more than I read about him. He's, he's and any policy statements or is he's made it through other people you know I he read, has other people i, I read a know. very interesting um comment that uh wayne ogle okay left on i can't remember if it was on i think it was on the alaska watchman uh article about kirka's uh announcement mm-hmm. and i think wayne wayne Wrote really well. Okay. I, I really, I appreciated his comment. He took some time. He put some thought into it. And one of the things he opens with, whenever I talk to anybody about Governor Dunleavy, basically without exception, the term that's used, the, 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 the words that's used is disappointing. Yeah. 
at the very least, yeah. Governor Dunleavy has been disappointing. You know, people, we came out of out of the Walker administration. And, and that, that was terrifying. That terrifying he was te- he was horrifying. fiasco. Yeah. And people had this great hope yeah. the, for, the, you know. Well, he he talked a good story. He He talked as though he... He, he knew some of the right things to do. And I know Alaska is not a big state. I know it doesn't have a huge population like Texas or Florida. But those governors are actually advocating for their states. They're standing up. They're standing in front of the microphone. They're talking back to Joe Biden. They're saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, uh, Governor Abbott from, from Texas is doing the same as a couple of other governors from a couple of the other states. But Dunleavy has been absent. And... There's so let's, things let's he talk, should have stood let's, up for. Let's talk about why why that may be. Because when you're analyzing any situation, there's a variety of potential causes, mm-hmm. right? Or or factors, influencers. Mm-hmm. So let's start with your favorite one. He's just stupid. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm still. I'm not. Right. I'm still not. So, I know so, you're you're, so, you're going on evil. I'm so, still. So he's. I'm still so just, he's just, he's just stupid. stupid. Yeah. He's just a stupid man. Yeah, because I think what he did was he thought being governor would be fun. Somebody talked him into it. The other thing, too, is he's really not a natural politician. I I, I find him, oh, stab me in the eyes rather than make me listen to him. He's absolutely... I haven't quite gotten to the stab me in the eyes part. (laughs) He's absolutely horrible to listen to. He's not a natural politician. You know, the last last live address I watched him give... It looked like he had a two by four stapled to his back. Yeah, whatever. He was like, yeah, was like I, I don't just, know who had their hand jammed oh. up and was was moving the puppet's mouth. Yeah, but see, that's the other option here. He's either stupid or he's leveraged. What does leveraged mean? Well, he's compromised. Well, that there's that there's something going on behind the shadows that took his strong, really aggressive and proactive speech when he was campaigning yeah and dumbed dumbed it down to say okay well you can still appear to be the big man but you're not really in charge Mm kind of like with joe biden you know who's running joe biden well the question is has to be if you're not stupid governor dunleavy who's running you well, you can still be stupid and have people run you well, because yeah. you could so, be so, so afraid no, of these, the job. These ideas are not mutually exclusive. No, they're not. But they're but not. he's he, he's he may be compromised, and and what I would suggest is that you know you can still have your character mm-hmm. and and keep it relatively intact if you have a shred of integrity. Now, if you know that you are compromised, or if you're being controlled because you're compromised. When the opportunity presents itself, either expose those people who are blackmailing you and own whatever it is you did and move on with it, unless it's like, you know, jail time and then, well, yeah. you got other problems. Wasn't and, yeah. or, or when your term would naturally expire, Just walk away. retire into retire. the night, go yeah. spend time with yeah. your family. Yeah. Wasn't and it, warn yeah. the next guy or yeah. gal coming in to say, hey, there are some sharks out here you need to be aware of. Well, and I, I think we misunderstand totally the structure of government. I think because there's a House that's elected, there's a Senate that's elected, and then you elect your president and all that. We seem to think that's all there is to government. But um, th- there's that whole bureaucracy that never moves. So, so those that you just described, they're the skin. 
They're the skin of the system. They're they're what you see. But what you don't see is the muscles and the sinew and the bones and, and, and the nasty bits. That hold all, that fill out the skin. Yeah, and this, the reason why I say that is because you had asked me something the other day about um, FEMA nurses, and I spent over an hour trying to figure out that. Okay, and this is just a short synopsis that shows you how how crazy this is. There are no FEMA nurses, they're all contractors. FEMA is only the conduit. Right. They've got two or three. contractors and you can go to the FEMA site and then it says if you want to be a nurse and then you can go to these different sites okay well then I went to the Alaska uh, the uh, uh, gov site that talked about how when the uh, they had asked the federal government for money they never asked FEMA they asked the General Services Administration mm-hmm. the General Services Administration has buildings and cars right but they got 43 or 37 billion or some ridiculous amount of money from the General Services Administration to hire nurses. Right. But I, and so then I started to look, okay? And I looked and I looked and I looked. And it's, it's just this labyrinth of, of, of offices and, and bureaucrats. And I'll tell you something, Jason, those people don't change. When Trump lost the election, those are the same people that were there as before. And that's what we don't understand, I think. I think we sit down and we go, oh, well, you know, it'll be really great when we get Dunleavy out. I just think um, Dunleavy went in. I think he thought he could do whatever he thought he could do, and he ran into roadblocks, and he I don't think he was a really strong person to begin with. And then he just capitulated. Well, I think what he did was what destroyed Donald Trump to a certain extent was Donald Trump believed some of the people in the administration— Trusted that infrastructure that that everybody tells you is there to support you. Well, why would you think the military is corrupt? Explain that to me. You've got the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Why would you think that those people want to destroy the military? They did. Under President Trump, they wanted to destroy the military, and we now look, fast forward, they have. Well, because because people can be bought— Exactly. People but, can be bought, and, yeah. and China is very good at buying people. Yeah, and I, I don't. You know, think, I mean, I mean, yeah. General Milley called the Chinese yes. on yes. the eve of yes. Trump's, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, exit from office, yeah. and said, "Hey, don't worry, I won't follow any orders. I'll make sure that we don't launch any nukes at you." Yeah, and the, the thing was the, the arrogance of the man to admit it. That's that that tells you the strength of this bureaucracy. Well, this this that proves, tells you where the power this is. This proves the point that Christopher Kirka made that we don't hear from anyone else out of Juno, save maybe Laura Reinbold, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, David Eastman, and um, Mike Shower. Yep. They are the ones out there beating the drum, and, and the, the point is that, that we have become a nation of men, not a nation of laws, and when we lose the rule of law, yeah, which we almost have. when we lose the rule of law, there's nothing left to hold us together. The rule of law is the glue that binds us, yeah. and you know, I want to I spin forward a little bit. Yeah. So we talked about stupidity, yeah, and then... We talked about uh, just being leveraged. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about ineptness. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk about evil. Mm. You know, I try to surround myself 
with like-minded people. I generally don't surround myself with people I dislike. Mm-hmm. And I g- generally don't seek the fellowship, support, or counsel of people who are diametrically opposed to my beliefs. So, as the governor of Alaska, you have extreme power as the CEO to clean house. The spoils go to the victor as it goes when you win that seat. And that's why we see the perpetual rotation of commissioners. Now, there's the deep state, the the directors under those that are actually at-will hired people. Mm Mm-hmm who have to interview for their job and, you know, they get a, a, a paycheck and it's they're punching a time card, basically. And sometimes it's hard to get rid of those right. people. Right, but, they're, but they're, not, they're not publicly appointed people. No. Right? And so, so the publicly appointed people, it's like a reshuffling of the deck every time a new governor comes in. So Governor Dunleavy, at any point in his term, his four-year term, mm-hmm. can tell people like Ann Zink, you know, Ann, it's... Maybe this isn't the right fit for you. Oh, and you know she was hired in late 2019. Right. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, she was just brand new hired. So so, so maybe this isn't the right fit yeah. for you, and yeah. you should shuffle off back to your practice. Or, you know, hey, congratulations on getting the, the head position in this association. I would I would recommend that you spend more time focusing on your duties there because we're going to look for somebody else here. Mm-hmm. Now, he's had this opportunity from the very beginning, and he has not used this. You know, as, and I understand he was a school teacher. So maybe he doesn't really understand how the business world works, but when you're a boss, yeah. you hire and you fire. But then and when you're a political boss, you surround yourselves with the, with yourself with the people who are best equipped to help you accomplish your agenda. So when I say evil... Mm-hmm. And I talk about association. Look at the people who this governor is associated with. Look at their policy positions and what they do and how he does not act to change them, challenge them, or ask them to leave. And and it begs the question. Birds of a feather flock together. Is this just a complicated ruse of he's a conservative but really he's a rhino he's a republican in name only and that he really leans much further left than anybody ever suspected and as a public school teacher it's not hard to stretch the brain around that possibility now my dad was a school teacher for 31 years bob bird was a school teacher for 41 years and both very conservative conservative too but there is the flip side yeah but where would he get you see, you know, you, you, you look at some of President Trump's choices. I think it's why he went with his kids. Eventually all as it has in, because well, what he about, knew he what, could trust what about, them. What about, where, doctor, where? what about Dr. Farr? Dr. Farr is a frontline doctor. Yeah, but what if she didn't want it? Well, what, what, where I, would, okay, I, have, I, I challenge have, you. I have the sneaky suspicion yeah. that if Dr. Farr yeah. were contacted today yeah. or yesterday or a year ago yeah. and the state said, Dr. Farr... We'd like to make you the chief medical officer okay. for the state. Yeah. There, you know what? Everyone has an ego. I, I guess. Everyone has but, an ego. Yeah. And everybody likes cash. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and, and zinc makes almost 300000 a year. And people like position. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and, and, yeah. and somebody like Dr. Yeah. Farr, she's yeah. advanced in her career to this point yeah. that she, she may be actually approaching a retirement age. Yeah. 
you know, in the next 10 years, she could be looking for an exit. Having a government pension and being, having that notch in your resume that I was the chief medical officer Officer for the state. So the point here is, is not that Dr. Farr would or would not have accepted. The point is, is that there are eminently qualified alternative people in our state that the governor could choose from. And the legislature... Part of their Don't role. Don't they have to approve, though? I think yeah, they approve. Yeah, yeah they, 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 approve. They, they approve. But part of the role of the ele- legislature is also each legislator yeah. is to advance the names of people in their districts or within their circle of influence who they feel are eminently qualified to fill those positions yeah. to the governor's office for his consideration and then for that person to come back and sit before yeah. the legislature and be vetted yeah. and, and approved or not. And so, so this is not just a, a uh, indictment on the Dunleavy administration, but also an indictment on every one of those those um, Alaska legislators, whether they be in the House or the Senate, who did not stand up and take an aggressive position. Yeah. And like I said, there's only about four, three or four people mm-hmm. who took aggressive positions and grabbed the narrative. Yeah. You never saw people giving press conferences other than no. Laura was, Reinbold yeah, yeah. and Senator Shower. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking there about was, the pro liberty ones. Yeah, there was there was there was a there were lots of people Democrats that were you know were and see here's up. the other thing that, yeah. that I saw when I was in Juno is that is that uh, the caucus mm-hmm. Each of the caucuses hired a media person mm-hmm. to be the focal point for all press releases for the caucus. And the caucus would put tremendous pressure on their members to stay in lockstep with one another. And, and kind of like that analogy or, or that actual experience of putting crabs in a bucket and watching one try to escape. Yeah. You know, the other crabs just very quickly <laughs> say, no, 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 buddy, no, no, you're coming back down here with us, right? We're all stuck uh, yeah, here together. Yeah, the, the, the crab caucus. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's really what happened is yeah. is that, and I watched this. I, I actually saw this happen yeah. um, uh, where, where Chris Kirka, who's running for governor now, stepped out early on and didn't wear a mask. Yeah. And boy, he got spanked yeah. by the caucus. Yeah. The news media ridiculed him. Must read Alaska. I was kind of disappointed in in Must Read's. Uh, uh, they don't really like Mister Kirka because mm. he's too conservative for them, and oh, he's gosh. not. He's not a. He's not a establishment pick. Yeah. So yeah. if you're out there thinking about who to vote for next. Yeah. Time around, you might say, "Well, how well has the establishment served us in this state? Do we have our full PFD yet?" Yeah. Um, no. No. If if life is important to you, where how are we doing on that regard? Yeah. How has Dun- uh, Governor Dunleavy, who is the establishment pick, how has he performed on the right to life? Yeah. You know, um, because when we talk about the right to life, this is beyond just the unborn. Well, and zinc is impacting the right to life right now. Of, of COVID patients. Right. If, yeah. if they're not going to allow me early access yeah. to treatment and mm-hmm. say, go home till you're so sick that you have to be admitted to a hospital, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. They're not for life. They're like yeah. the death uh, what are they, The death, death panels. panels. They are like the, the, the Canadian system. Yeah, where they sat and watched my sister as she was taking one of the last chemo treatments they allowed her. And in front of her, they sat and discussed. They literally sat in front of her and said, well, you know, we're not really sure we should give this because really your chances of... And I thought, what a horrific... 
What a horrific system in which your actual death is discussed by a group of people. There, there's no faith involved in it. There's no compassion. There's no nothing. It was purely... No, could, right, no right to try. No, no right to try. We could use this on somebody else. This, this, this uh, medicine is limited. Uh, it's not going to do you much good, so we'll just, we'll just save it for the next person. And that, but let's get back to you know Chris Kirka. Then I challenge you. I would love to see if this is if it's so easy. If he's going to win the governorship, well, I don't think it's easy and by well, any no, stretch. Well, no, no. But if he if he needs to change everybody out, I want to see his list. Of, he probably needs two hundred people mm-hmm. that he's got to change out. I want to see his comprehensive list of two hundred people that he thinks he can put through. Because Rush Limbaugh used to say this. He talked about this all the time. He said that is the hardest part is when you change, you know, administrations. You've got to get rid of all those people, and then you've got to find other people to go in. Well, here, here's and, the stick. And it's, here's, it's, here's it's the not stick, that easy. Here's the stick that the governor carries, though. Mm-hmm. It's much like what Congress faces right now where they're looking at uh, the government not being funded. Mm-hmm. And this happens yeah, periodically. Every two years. It, it becomes a leverage yeah. point for yeah. the, the minority yeah. to say, well, we're not going to... Only because they're afraid. Right. And, and nobody likes the negative pressure that the public employees unions puts on you when yeah. they stop getting paychecks. They, they, it's a temporary. They, and, they do and get all them the ins- afterwards. And then all the yeah. entitlement people who... Yeah who their uh, access to services and their paychecks gets disrupted and they don't get the food stamps and they yeah. don't get that, you know, yeah. and everybody gets, you know, all the, all, all those folks get whipped up yeah. and makes the water very hot for the yes. frog yeah. <laughs> very yeah. quickly. And, and so, but the governor has the same ability. He can get rid of a commissioner but, but and leave the department commissioner less and tell the legislature meets him in the middle. But I thought There's that was, what was her name when he hired that? What was her name? When he first got in, he hired uh, a, a consultant and she looked at everything. Wasn't, wasn't, that, uh, wasn't that Kelly Shabaka? No, it wasn't. It was, it, she was an older woman and she went and she eventually stayed on. I'll have to look it up. And I re- she came up with these huge list of recommendations. Mm-hmm. And I remember it and I loved them. She said, get rid of this department, get rid of this, get rid of that, cut this, cut that. And everybody just jumped on her. Mm-hmm. Democrats, Republicans, good people, bad people. Right. Because all of a sudden we saw our, you know. Carnage. Uh, <laughs> carnage, our pet ponies gourd, you know. It's like, oh, no. Oh, that's uh, an awesome. I have uh, to have my own Mental pet image, a pet pony being gourd. Yeah, well, it's better. People How is do, it being gourd? I mean, who, what, who what's doing the goring? Is it like a big bear Could or, be, yeah. or a bull uh, like uh, uh, like the the, the yeah. spanish style bull Maybe the spanish being style gored, chased down you chased know down the pet pony lots of screaming and whatnot <laughs> but you know in alaska you can't say those things because we have become no, no sacred cows here just pet ponies just pet ponies okay. nice quiet but they you you would have thought they would have you know said you're not going to have any more toilet paper for the rest of your life you know it's like oh really <laughs> what am i going to do <laughs> Seriously, it was like this existential problem. I remember. I wish I could remember her name. I'll look it up. But she she was one. She was brought in, and that was what she had done in other states. She comes in. She looks at government and and suggests things to eliminate. And, you know, maybe he thought it would be easier. You know, I'm going to cut him some slack. Um, At least he wasn't as dumb as Walker. You know, Walker got sucked in by the Chinese government. I don't Which is I, unbelievable. I, I don't think Walker would. was dumb at all. I think Walker did exactly what Walker was going to do. And the only reason, and we, we are like out of time. We're almost okay. at Ooh. 
We're almost at. Uh, well, I don't know. We still got about five minutes. We're okay. At, we're at a, we're an hour and thirty four seconds oh, right whoa. now. <laughs> you know, I lived in 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 Valdez, and I think I've shared this story before. But uh, when when Walker was the city mayor, or not mayor, but the city attorney. Okay. And um, Bert Cottle was the mayor, who later he became the mayor in in one Palmer or Wasilla or something. Um, you know, and Alaska has thirty people that run the state that, forever, right? right. Till they di- die, it's a dynasty. Yeah, they just run around. It's a dynasty. Yeah, when, when they approach. come, I what, hate the political yeah. dynasty approach where it's yeah. like, well, the heir apparent is well. Ironically, my son yeah. or my daughter. Look, my daughter. that's how Look, we got yeah. Lisa Murkowski. Well, no, when they, you yeah. know, when they get run, run up to term limits, they just move. See, Walker was Walker was part of the Valdez. Port Authority. Yes, I remember. And the Port Authority was the lobbying group that was continually lobbying for the gas line from the North Slope to come down through the existing uh, Trans-Alaska oil pipeline yeah. corridor mm-hmm. to Valdez. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of property between the North Slope and Valdez. Yes. And property is necessary mm-hmm. for the staging of vehicles and manpower and portable camps, and there are property owners along that corridor who stand to earn a lot of money uh-huh. if that route is selected. The the Valdez route. That's right. So who stands to benefit from the Valdez route? People who live in Valdez who I guess, have a pretty yeah. good idea that yeah. it's going to come. Yeah. And so what, especially when they're in positions of power and lobbying, what's the natural thing to do? Well, you buy up the property (laughs) that's available (laughs) along the corridor, and then you fight like the Dickens to make sure that 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 project goes through. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't think that Mr. Walker was naive or suckered into anything. I, I believe that Mr. Walker and his cronies had ample uh, motivation of their own making to pursue the Chinese deal. But it just was pursuing it. You know, they spent $100 million a year. But what did the Chinese uh, uh, deal do? The Chinese deal took it out of the hands of the producers. Yeah. The private companies. Which it should have stayed with. Right. Which is it where it should have stayed. It took it out of the producer's yes. hands and, and, and it put and it directly it, into, into the, the government's hands. Yes. They, they, they essentially nationalized the product. Yeah. And then he hired that, his buddy from right, right. F- from Texas right. at $600,000 right, right. a year to so, manage so better, a, product, a, a project that was not doing anything. You better believe... You better believe that there was tent, intent and a plan, and there were a lot of people that got wealthy off of it. Yeah. And now you look at you now now you look at that that uh, corporation. And is it even? They don't even talk they, about it anymore. They purchased. They purchased. They purchased the neighborhood I grew up in. In the Kiski, yeah, they they actually destroyed the, a whole neighborhood. Many, it was like it was like two hundred houses or yeah, something. It was really. They sad. leveled them to the ground. Yeah. They poisoned the wells. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who was a whistleblower who blew the whistle, and they had strong, strong arm tactics. There was an elderly woman out there who had a home she didn't want to sell. Yeah. They sent two, two gorillas out there to harass her. Yeah. And, uh, and, I oh, know, and I know the whistleblower personally, and I know the yeah. person, uh, the whistleblower's <laughs> husband, who really got involved in protecting that woman and yeah. basically went to the gorillas and said, you do that again? It'll probably be one of the last things you do. Yeah. And and 
they were pouring they were pouring antifreeze down the wells. I wonder why. Glycol? Yeah, but I just into the I just, aquifer. Yeah. yeah. Poisoning the land so yeah. it could not be inhabited. Yeah. Yeah. There was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Now you drive through those neighborhoods, all the infrastructures there, the 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 ground the the land right the the the, the roads yes is the, there the power lines yeah. the gas lines they're yeah. all still in the ground they're all still there yeah it is the weirdest thing my yeah. whole childhood growing yeah. up with all these houses yeah. around and now there's just no trespassing signs everywhere it, it, it was the large yeah. it was a large orchestrated land grab yeah but what's so strange is now that Agrium is shut down which will probably never open again and and uh, that. Uh, LNG experimental plant is shut down. It, it 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 would be wonderful to open that up again as subdivisions, because one of the things we don't have. If, you, if you've ever looked at property up well, north, think about we it. just don't have a lot of property think about up it. north. What, what did it do to the borough? Think about I the property know. taxes. No, no. Think about the property taxes taxes on those parcels. They're all subdivided. They had all the improvements on them. What'd they do? They raised the improvements to the ground, even to their foundations. The foundations are gone. Yeah. So there are no improvements. So they can't be taxed. They're being taxed as raw land. Yeah. If they're being taxed at all. By whatever that corporation is. If they're being taxed at all. It's a state corporation owns it. Yeah. Right. And so if, and because it is a state corporation, I don't know if they're exempt from the taxes, the borough taxes or not. But, but nobody talks about the hit that the borough took. No. On the tax rolls when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. My dad lives right on the edge of that property. Oh gosh. And they bought up everything around him. They, they, they tore down the house right across the street from him. And he's got a big peony farm. Yeah. Worth a lot of money. And they didn't approach him once. Mm. And the biggest fear was eminent domain. Yeah. Right? With somebody that has any real improvement, they don't want to pay full price for that improvement, even though they have millions of dollars at their disposal. And so, um, you know, I I believe that, that Bill Walker and his ilk are very shrewd carpetbaggers that yeah, are looking looking to fleece fleece the state. They 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 pretend they put a pretty face on. They pretend yeah. to be our friends and neighbors, but in reality, they're there for one purpose, and that's yeah. their purpose to yeah. to to consolidate power, to consolidate funds, to build golden parachutes yeah. and pack them in Juno, so that when they retire. They have a very comfortable life living wherever on the globe they want to be. But they have no they have no shame in that No. Hundreds no, of millions because they're antisocial. Well they, they're they're psychopathic. they yeah. they they have no empathy. No. The, a lack of empathy for people. Yeah. A lack to uh, a lack of any kind of emotional connection or brotherhood with humanity. Yeah. You know, and, and you can look in their eyes and they're dead. They become politicians. They're dead. They, they become po- true politicians in which they've, um, they, they've, you know, you said they they have no empathy. They've lost that connection. We, you know, we moved up here, bought a house in 2014, 2015 is when we moved up. And I remember going to a couple of these meetings. And I just knew from the beginning it was a, a it was just a waste of money. Because the question I asked, I had, asked Peter Machicki, I said, Okay, you know, I, I, I read the actual document about the, the pipeline from the North Slope down. I read there's 18. I read everything about it. Right. Uh, hundreds and hundreds. I read. And you I, live in Nikiski. I live in Nikiski. You're, you're where the pipeline terminus would be. Yeah, but I also wanted to know about from here to there. And I said to my question to Peter Machicki was, I said, 
you know, you talk, you talk about all the developments going to go here, but I see, I, I never hear you people talk about how you're going to deal with the environmental groups that are going to go after this project. And I said, I, I've gone to the, the community meetings and they too never talk about them. Right. Well, they don't care about environmental impact in Nikiski. Now the residents do, but nobody in the state. Well, does. no, I'm talking about the the oh, along the, the corridor. Along the corridor. Right, I mean, right. they were there were like 14 huge pads they were going to build. This is in pristine Arctic wilderness. Well, I just think, a staging area. I think a lot of that was going to go through native uh, corporate land. It doesn't matter. And the natives were going to make a lot of money because they were going to have leases for the land. It doesn't matter. You know that. You know these signs you see build to suit. Yeah. You know what that means? Mm-mm. It means, hey, if you want a business, I've tied up this land and I will never sell it to anybody. But mm. tell you what, I'll build something for you yeah. to suit your purposes, but you're going to pay a mortgage for the rest mm. of the yeah. eternity on this yeah. property. But you know what Peter Machicki's answer to me was? What's that? It's a different petroleum product. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> and I went, I said, you do understand that the environmental groups... It's it's pixie dust. Yeah, but the environmental groups have collected every name of every person that has ever been on a cruise ship to Alaska. They've got millions of names, and the minute you start to do this, they're going to go after you. And they're going to do it under the guise of native corporations or something. But they... And that told me they were not serious about this. You know, they'd never put any great thought into it. Somebody was getting wealthy off the $100 million a year that the state was, you know, it was funded, $100 million a year. Mm-hmm. That w- without even doing anything. That was just stasis. <laughs> $100 million a year, stasis, and then if they actually did anything, it was above and beyond Be that. Be careful about uh, criticizing Mr. Machicki because he oh. has a, a pattern of telling people to shut up. Uh, oh. I've talked to a number of people who have said critical things on on uh, social media where he's contacted them privately and said, you know, you need to pull that down. Uh, he threatened me. So yeah. don't be surprised if you receive some kind of call from Mr. Machicki. I'm nobody, so it doesn't matter. Well, so am I, I. But I have I'm, a good I'm memory. Nobody as, I'm nobody yeah. as well. But, but he, uh, he may not remember that, but I remember it because it was uh, I, I was so appalled because I I was from outside. I wasn't caught up in this wasn't going to affect me and I just remember thinking what a bunch of uh, so sad that a whole community had been had bought into this yeah you know well so. let me make a quick announcement before we end um our friend out in Sterling who has been leading the basically the Sterling version of our community uh um our uh, liberty action group here is and that had just texted me and said that there is going to be a a meeting at the Sterling Community Center this Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. for anyone interested. So this is uh, those interested in medical liberty, liberty uh, in general, and uh, being involved in community action there in Sterling. And uh, she is saying that she'll probably be here uh, for the liberty action meeting in Soldatna. If you are within the hearing of this voice and a member of a community on the peninsula or Alaska and you'd like to start your own liberty movement, we would love to connect with you and let you know how you can do that and um, network with you about getting the message out and holding our politicians accountable to stand for liberty. If they can't stand for anything else, at least liberty would be a good start. So uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Loretta, for another stimulating conversation. Always fun. And um, we'll uh, see you on the flip side. I will come back with uh, a report from the faculty uh, meeting 
and it's my hope after taking these uh, two trainings to offer these on the peninsula in the near future and we would welcome your participation in that as well you've been listening to the ammo can coffee social club conservative hour of power and enlightenment salon have a great day and a great week